The hardest part for me at the beginning was feeling confident enough in myself to even tell people that that's what I wanted to do. We were just kind of experimenting and like, let's throw this kind of a song on there, let's throw this kind of a song on there. As I grow up and have new experiences, grow up, I'm in my like mid-30s now. Now Beyonce's is up there, so I think now we're the number two grown woman track on Spotify. <laughs> I'm still performing locally with like a wedding event band uh, I sing back up with, which is a ton of fun and much lower pressure. <laughs> um, and just like, you know, I just get to dance and party and sing like oohs and nahs and stuff. The song you've released that's sort of your favorite. I love listening to all my music. <laughs> If you're like me and you're interested in the YouTube or creator space, you should check out The Published Press. The Published Press is a completely free newsletter founded by YouTubers Colin and Samir. They host their own podcast talking to some of YouTube's largest creators. They've edited some of the best content I've seen on YouTube, and now they're sharing their knowledge about the YouTube space with you for free. The Published Press comes out three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, with everything going on with your favorite creators and platforms. And like I said, it's completely free. Just enter your email address to receive the Published Press whenever it comes out, and that's it. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the description below, sign up to the Publish Press, and get all the info you need on the industry. My guest today is a singer-songwriter as well as an educator who has been a part of multiple successful bands, but is now focusing on her solo work. She has an upcoming album, Ingenue Corrupt, that will be released by the time this comes out. Please welcome Arielle Arbisser to the podcast. How are you doing Hello. today? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I see you got all the plaques and discs behind you i love the back. i do yeah from uh college acapella onward yeah <laughs> yeah and and so for for college you went to cornell you're expecting music to be this sort of like side thing or a hobby what changed to make it like something you wanted to pursue or the main thing for you uh, so I was studying, uh, like pre-labor law stuff at Cornell, which was, uh, interesting, but not really where my heart was at the time. And it occurred to me that the only stuff I really voluntarily left my dorm for, uh, was acapella rehearsals and musical theater stuff. So, uh, eventually it, it kind of came up that maybe I should be thinking about a career involving singing. Uh, and the final moment really was my parents came up to see me in a musical. I was in songs for new world, um, Jason Robert Brown musical. And, uh, they had always been, you know, supportive of singing, but not super enthusiastic about the idea of me pursuing it as anything yeah. serious. Uh, and the morning after we were eating breakfast and my mom just looked at me and she was like, I don't understand why you're not doing this. Uh, and it was a bit of a wake up call for me to think about it a little more seriously. And everything sort of shifted in my life from that point on. Yeah, great. And, and, and it's great that you had parents that like were supportive of mm -hmm. music or like you know encourage you to go for it maybe they needed yes. to see that performance to know like okay this is, she's good at <laughs> this sure. but it's still nice that you had that and so if there's Absolutely. someone else who's like sort of getting that realization or that wake-up call like hey maybe I should do this what tips or advice would you give them just to like get started or how they should start their career 
I mean, I think that the hardest part for me, honestly, other than the hardest part is the like social media side for me and just like not getting discouraged by how hard that is and like the never ending slog of, you know, like needing to post and not feeling like anybody's watching, but also knowing you need to keep posting and it's it's difficult. But uh, the hardest part for me at the beginning was um, like feeling confident enough in myself to even tell people that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I think it, I remember feeling like it took like a year, maybe two years to even like not apologize when I told people like, I want to be a singer, you know, I want to like make music. Um, and so I think just like giving yourself that time and grace to like find that confidence within yourself and believe if you want to do that, it's up to you to be able to do that. You know, like you have the power to find your way and find where you fit into that world. So uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, I, th I think that's great advice. And also like back to the social media thing you were talking about, like I feel like a lot of people are sort of desensitized to like numbers or they don't see social media as like real or anything like that in the sense of like, like for even this podcast, I put up a lot of like clips and stuff like that online. Sure. And a couple of my videos have done better, but most of them get like 200, 300 views, which other people look at. Which it is great. Like, oh, you know, that's not, that's not too many. That's like basically nothing. And I'm like, it's so awesome. For a second, imagine standing up on a stage in a room and speaking to 200 or 300 totally. people. It's like, does that still feel like nothing? Yeah, like, exactly. That's still 200 people that e even if they weren't interested, at least saw me and got knowledge 100%. of who I was. Are you a music artist trying to find a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible? Then check out DistroKid. DistroKid is a super user-friendly and super easy to use service that will make your music available in stores like Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube, Snapchat, everything. Everything you could imagine it's available. People will even be able to add your songs into their Instagram stories. DistroKid helps you with the distribution, monetization, and promotion of all of your music. Use the link in the description of this video for 7% off any DistroKid package you want. Pick from musician packages designed to help artists get their own music out there, or even get a label package where you can manage up to 100 artists from one profile. So that's more for like managers, labels, and you can also get the musician package that I mentioned earlier, which is more for artists, producers, things like that. It's super easy, and you can get 7% off any package right now with the link in the description of this video. So once again, if you're looking for a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible, I'm talking any platform you can think of, get DistroKid and get 7% off right now with the link in the description back to the program you start pursuing music you go around to all these bands you're now solo but going back to your like first live show the first time you sang as like ariel arbiter what was that yeah. like for you the first time i sang under my own name singing my own music uh was <laughs> amazing i i I did not have an album ready yet. I was like in the midst of recording my first album, 
but I rushed ahead three songs just so that I had like a little EP sampler to sell at that show. I was opening for like a really big local band. Um, and it was amazing. It was just like, you know, it's the same story, I think, of when I needed to, or when I was trying to convince myself to like be confident enough to tell people I wanted to sing. I think, you know, I was inviting musicians to start playing my music. And I just remember like, worrying that they were going to hate the songs or like, you know, were they going to show up to rehearsal or like bail after the first rehearsal, you know, and like they just kept coming back and they kept being enthusiastic and like, and then people came to the show and they clapped, you know, and like, it was exciting that my family was able to come out and I had friends there and it just was this very cathartic moment of getting to sing all of these messages that had been like bottled up inside of me for so many years that uh, I hadn't been able to share yet with the world. And it was a really exciting and relieving experience. Uh, and I still feel like I get that experience every time that I perform. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to <laughs> get into you mentioned like being in the process of recording your album. You you started making it a couple of years back in 2018. And then you at some point like put a pause on its creation and like later on returned to finish it off. What yes. was it? I mean, I mean, it's an album all about sort of like relationships, like love life. Was it that subject matter just being hard to write about or what prompted the hiatus? The hiatus. So so that was my first album, um, Risk of Love. And I really wrote that over my like 20s. I was like just learning how to write as I was doing it. And I went into production in 2017, 2018 around there and had kind of a whirlwind of recording and producing. And then right when I was about to re release it, like when I had that first performance and released that sampler, I ended up getting into, uh, unfortunately I got into like a really terrible relationship that, uh, was not written about on that album, but um, was an abusive relationship. And it just threw me totally off track. I really like got taken away from music and taken away from everything that I cared about in my life for uh, a couple of years. And um, everything on the album just kind of got put on pause and like left to the side for a while. And yeah. it was a pretty wonderful time um, doing some processing and therapy during the pandemic to come back to that and be able to release it in 2021 was really exciting and beautiful. Yeah. And, and was that sort of like a sense of relief of releasing it? Like, did you feel like you could now put all that behind you or like, yeah, get past it? totally relief redemption, you know, just like such, such an empowering moment to feel like, you know, I just, I came back, this is my life, my journey, like my art, and I'm not gonna let it just fall to the wayside. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. And and so in, in general, when you're in the writing process, whether it's just for a song, or you're in the middle of working on a larger album, what does your creative process look like? Are you starting with music and the melody do you write lyrics first what does it look like uh i it's a little different every time i would say i um i do a lot of collaborating when i write uh i am not really especially like uh facile is that the word i'm looking for um i'm not especially like talented on any specific instrument i can like play chords on guitar and piano but i'm not like gonna sit down and like write out the whole arrangement myself yeah um so i often will write 
lyrics and melody and plunk out some chords and then work with somebody to like describe the arrangement that I can hear and see in my head and work with them to kind of flesh that out. Uh, and often I found that collaborating with people just elevates, you know, whatever idea I have, they come with their own influence and their own ideas and it just becomes even better. So uh, a lot of my stuff is collaborative and sometimes that works in a way where a couple of the songs on my upcoming album uh, happened where uh, somebody in my band would send me an idea, right? So they had like either uh, just an instrumental track that they sent me and I wrote over it, or they had like a verse chorus that they would send me and then I would finish the song, stuff like that. Uh, so it's it's a little different every time and kind of exciting to kind of still be exploring different approaches to every time I sit down to write a song. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah. it's, you know, a lot of times it can be nice to have some sense of collaboration or like a collaborative way of making a song and going through that creative process. And so um, for your sound, like it, it's pretty unique, but you take inspiration from other artists. And if you do, how do you still find your own unique sound within that? Uh, I mean, I think I, I don't really like just plan on taking inspiration from other artists you know it's i think that like subconscious if yeah happens. i think undeniably you can hear other stuff in my music um on this album specifically that's coming out i think there are a couple tracks where one of my co-writers and i harry nichols we sat down and we were like let's write you know like an anthem track you know like a party anthem and so like we listened to some anthemic like you know i was imagining like a college party where people are like jumping up and down and like singing yeah. i don't know you know some some like big party dance song uh and so we were like listening to that vibe and like trying to get into that mindset but we weren't like trying to write like any specific yeah. song you weren't like taking notes and like making notes of things that you wanted yeah. to include in the song you were just listening yeah exactly we were process. like what are the elements of these songs that like we want to bring into ours you know like the driving beat the like anthemic uh easy hook to repeat 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 you know like things like that and so that happened a little bit more on this album than other things have where we were just kind of experimenting and like let's throw this kind of a song on there let's throw this kind of a song on there um just for fun <laughs> uh but generally i think more you can just hear the influence of things like 90s female singers you know like a little musical theater is in there there's definitely like some uh some jazzy stuff comes up once in a while definitely like all the stuff that i've listened to throughout my life is seeps into it yeah <laughs> awesome and and is there whether it's from this new album, Ingenue Corrupt, or from Risk of Love, any singles or songs that you've put out, is there a song that you wrote that sort of like, you, you it, it meant something to you while writing it and now sort of took on a different meaning or you can hear something different in it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that all of them grow with me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that risk of love all the songs off that album were just like so important to me in the moment that I was writing them and as I grow up and have new experiences grow up I'm in my like mid-30s now um as I grow up I feel like they apply to so many different moments in my life and so many different 
feelings that I'm having, you know, like I wrote a song on my first album called Gaslight. That's, it was pretty literally about uh, being gaslit in a relationship, you know, but I think it applies to politics. It applies to like everything happening in our world right now. And I try when I do live shows to really like guide a narrative sort of as I'm, you know, putting together a set list so that I can kind of share a little bit of my thoughts on what's going on in the world or in my heart at the moment and use my music to kind of help tell that story. Um, and I think specifically on Ingenue Corrupt, there's a couple songs that I'm, I mean, I'm proud of the whole album, shocker, but, uh, but I would say there's two songs that stand out as like ones that I'm especially proud of putting out uh, my last couple singles, Bread for This and On My Knees. Um, Bread for This, I feel like I was able to kind of put my processing of that abusive relationship and stuff and like um, my view of sort of shaking off the blaming myself mentality and seeing how actually like society really contributed a lot to how I was susceptible to being in a relationship like that and how a lot of us are susceptible to that because we're raised to kind of just like accept poor treatment and laugh it off and apologize for someone else and stuff like that, especially women. And uh, and I've, I'm really proud of that song for both uh, being a catharsis for me in that experience and also I think just like speaking to a societal issue that uh exists um that I would hope I hope to see change I think I am seeing it change in the world and the younger generation of women um and on my knees is sort of like the follow-up to that of like a a sexy empowering like take your power back and uh embody fully like be fully embodied and own whatever is your sexuality and whatever you want to do and no shame so i i'm i'm pretty into that that duo yeah and it's in it's the the songs as well as just the issues in general are very important and like you know definitely have an impact and need like you said to change which is slowly but surely making progress emphasis on so, slowly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and so with your music you know we i mentioned it in the intro but you've been a part of all these different bands you did acapella in college and um with your band frisky business you come out with the song grown woman that sort of takes off or becomes super popular did you have a sense that that was going to do well when you released it or was no. it just totally unexpected? Definitely not. Yeah. So that was a Beyonce cover. That was a duo actually, an acapella duo that I did. Uh, and we only released like six or seven songs, I think maybe not even that many. It was kind of an experimental little duo. We tried, yeah. I, I wish we'd been able to continue, but we moved halfway across the country from each other. Um, but grown woman was just really fun and it actually took a couple of years for it to gain traction online uh so it was a big surprise when suddenly it was just like oh my gosh like those this, listens are this is taking off out <laughs> yeah <another. laughs> what's going on over there <laughs> uh but it's really cool it was a really fun surprise and uh and it's been fun and now beyonce's is up there so i think uh now we're the number two grown woman track on spotify <laughs> but for like years we were number one it was wild it was very weird <laughs> yeah and and you like with the solo stuff you know it's if someone hasn't 
heard it or wants to, you know, give it a try, go listen to it, what song of yours would you recommend as like a first listen or like an intro Ooh. to Ariel Arbiser? That is so hard. Um, off of the first album, probably, probably like Gaslight, um, or like Why, maybe. Why is like a rock song that it was actually also done a cappella on it with a different group that it won like the best rock song in the all of a cappella last year, which was pretty cool. Um, and it's a it's a good track. Uh, it's a good track. Um, and off this album, I feel like it's a little harder because this album is really varied stylistically. Um, so it's I would want to cater it to whoever's listening, which song I recommend. But I would probably, if I just had to like generalize, I would say "Bread for This" and "On My Knees" would be a good duo to listen to. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, no, it's definitely a hard question. Like I um, I don't know if you know them, but a while back I had Jacqueline Rowe on the show. I've and heard of them. Yeah. Like I I asked this same question. And they like thought about sure. it for a bit and they go, I wish I knew what the listener was feeling. Right, exactly. Like, that's, that's the thing. That's definitely a vibe because like most artists have songs that are all over the place in like mood yeah. or what they're talking about. And so it's yeah, hard have, to like, find one song that's sort of like, it's like yeah. if somebody's like really dancey, it's like then I would push that one, you know, you never know. But yeah, it's hard to find a song that sort yeah. of embodies everything. Yeah. And and so you, you have all these songs like important meanings, but just at, with your career in general or like your performances, is there a message you hope to convey through your career in general? Uh, I think, I mean, I, I guess I haven't like thought about putting it in such specific uh, words, but I, I think that if I were going to boil it down, I would say that it's, you know, empowering women, especially. And uh creating space for uh queer people to feel included and safe and uh have music that they also can groove to and like you know there's a lot of music off this upcoming album that's really gender neutral love songs and like fun stuff to play and that was a goal that i had for this album because i think the first one I wrote uh, before I came out <laughs> and as uh, by Pan and uh, and I kind of by the time I released it, I was out and I just felt like a little bit of a dissonance there, you know, that I was putting out this very straight sounding album and this isn't like obviously queer, but it is very much, you know, neutral in my mind. And so I think that it feels nice. And I think that people who come to the shows it feels like that resonates with people. The the kids and, and adults that stick around afterwards tend to be from communities that are less represented. And I just feel like it's hitting the right crowds and it, it's really meaningful. So that's really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think as much as it seems like it may have been like contradictory or anything like that, I think it's still totally fine because it's who you were at the time of writing errors authentically you it's not it's not trying to write something different to mask who you are it's just something right. that you well, was honestly that wrote and it yeah. just happens to you know can be representative of a bunch of different things and so totally. with Ariel Arbus or your solo work is it 
is it going to be probably the main thing you focus on or the main goal from now or are you looking to get back into more bands and perform more collaborative collaboratively and things like that uh i'm definitely focused on this project for now like my music mm -hmm. and trying to get my name and music out there and get some bigger performance opportunities i'm still performing locally with like a a wedding event band uh, I sing back up with, which is a ton of fun and uh, much lower pressure. <laughs> um, and just like, you know, I just get to dance and party and sing like oohs and ahs and stuff uh, and watch people have fun on the dance floor, which is always a blast. Um, and uh, then put more of my creative energy into this, which is a nice balance. Um, and I don't know where it'll go from there. I think I'm just kind of seeing what opportunities come up, but this is definitely gonna remain the the main focus. Yeah, awesome. And if you got this opportunity to like make a song with any artist in the world, who would you want to get on a song with or collaborate sure. with? Uh, I think it, recently I've mentioned Janelle Monae a couple times because I mean Janelle Monae. Um, Enough said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like amazing. Uh, so I'm gonna switch it up because I've already said her a couple times, uh, though she remains. Um, I don't know. I think that it would be kind of incredible to work with, um, like, uh, I mean, it sounds so cliche because of like acapella background, but Sarah Bareilles would be really fun to work with. I think that our styles are pretty similar. I think I've moved away from my first album was very more similar to Sarah Bareilles stuff than this album is. Um, but I think our voices would work really well together. And um, that'd be fun. I also think like, <laughs> this sounds wild, but I know Adina Menzel is like putting out more pop stuff these days. And we could put out some crazy diva pop dance tracks together, which would be pretty fun uh i don't know i'm pretty open i'm open-minded yeah, yeah let me know who wants to work with me and and we'll work it out that's that's what i'll say <laughs> and and with your all your live experience do you have maybe it is just one of these wedding shows do you have a live show you've done that's like your favorite or that especially sticks in your mind oh man uh i would say two come to mind off the top i'm sure there's more but uh one would be this past summer I did, there's a nice summer concert series in the downtown area of where I live, the city where I live. And we got to headline it one of the nights this summer. Um, and it was just a beautiful night. Like it was a huge crowd. We got to do the whole set. Like we didn't have an opener. We weren't opening. We just got the whole slot, which was an exciting, validating moment, you know, for a, us as a pretty new band. Um, yeah, it was a great crowd. People danced the whole time. People were like singing along, which is a really cool experience uh, as somebody writing your own music to like see people knowing your music and singing along to it is like a very moving experience. Um, some of my family was able to come up. So that was really cool. And um that was beautiful and then the other one i would say probably we went to new york city um two years ago and one of our shows there was just like a really awesome show it was my best show to date uh in the band and it was a really cool intimate space um and it just felt like 
we kind of hit a new stride in the band at that point and it kind of sent us rolling into this past year so that was really cool yeah and and yeah. are you is there something special to you about these smaller like intimate club settings or do you have sort of goals or a bucket list of like bigger venues that you want to play one day you know i don't really know i'm pretty open-minded i think that i remember when i first started pursuing music and I people were like well what do you want to be like a pop star or something you know and I remember saying like I don't know I just want to like make a living singing you know like that's the dream um and also feeling like if I were going to go see my favorite artists I would rather see them in a more intimate setting than like in an arena and I think that I would rather perform in a not like a tiny tiny space you know but like a a space where you can still see everybody in the audience and kind of connect a little bit i like to make eye contact with people when i perform and uh so you know a couple hundred people maybe is like that's the that's the sweet spot but obviously i'm not going to turn down any space (laughs) yeah i i think it is whether whether that is just your goal or you have a goal of like being as big as possible either way when you reach that point of like music being your source of income or like being the thing that supports your lifestyle i think it's a big moment like there's a band that i had on a while ago that just semi recently hit that point and they it it was it seemed like it was sort of like a almost like a sense of relief for them they were like okay we can sort of expand do like what we want now we don't have to you know obviously they're still you know work on music still keep up like the quality they were working on but they were like we don't there's no sense of scrambling or like needing right i was just gonna say it's like it always feels like you're trying to beat the clock right because like it's not like I can forever have this be my number one focus if I like never moves forward. I feel like, you know, there's a balance to be had. So um, I'm sure that a lot of artists struggle with that for sure. Uh, But that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. I'm excited for whoever that was. That's awesome. And, And so is there a song you've released that's sort of your favorite or like that you love listening to? Uh, I love listening to all my music. As, as you like, should, as you should. Yeah, There's no problem I mean, I to really, not have a favorite. I have a problem where I, before a song, before I drop a song, I will listen to it a lot, like the day before, because I'm like, oh no, what is everybody going to hear? What are they going to hear? I forget like what parts they're going to hear. Am I going to like everything they're going to listen to? And I forget that it's going to be like 14 people, you know, listening to it the next day, not like millions of people. Um, and then I do that again at the end of that day after it's been out. Um, and then I tend to like not listen to it again for months and months. Uh, and that works great for me. Cause then every time I revisit it, I'm like, oh yeah, this song rocks. I'm like super into this. Uh, so I don't know. I think I'm, there's a few songs on the album that I haven't listened to in months and I'm pretty excited to like dive back into them this, this week. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm excited if you will let me know your favorite when you check it out, that would be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Sure thing. And, and. <laughs> You just came out with the, or not just, but you recently came out with The Deep. That's your latest single, latest song. Um, What, just tell us like the story behind that. What went into making it? What's it about? Anything like that? Sure. 
So that was one that my co-writer Harry brought to me the beginning of. Um, he had like the hook and I think the first verse idea kind of fleshed out. Um, and he just kind of left it with me for a while and uh, it went great. I really, um, it wasn't exactly like a vibe that was super intuitive to me. It's like a funkier, rockier, like quicker vibe, quicker paced thing that I'm usually like drawn to, I feel like for myself. I like listening to that, but I don't usually write in that direction. Um, but it was so cool. And then I ended up, I was on vacation with my partner in Florida and I remember being on the balcony like early in the morning writing and just like the second verse, third verse and bridge just like flowed out of me. And it was like, it was crazy because it's not usually quite that easy for me, I guess. Uh, and it just, it made me fall in love with the song because it just felt like it was meant to be written that way, you know, and that like I had those ideas ready to go. So it's really, it's about like making a big mistake and like deciding that you're gonna face it and kind of find your way back out of it. Um, which I think is a pretty universal experience uh, for yeah, to everyone. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, these are singles off your new album, Ingenue Corrupt. It's only three days away while recording, but it'll be out by the time that yeah. this comes out. What can you tell us about that project or what can listeners expect from it? Um, well, so that project was almost entirely written in this past year um, and pretty much entirely recorded this past year. There were two singles we had released uh, the previous year because I wasn't expecting to have them on an album. Um, and then we just kind of, they fit on this, so we threw them on. Um, and they deserve a little more time in the spotlight, so they should be on the album. Uh, but yeah, I kind of, I came to the band and I just was like, hey, I want to release an album this year. Let's write an album. And we kind of hunkered down and, and wrote for a couple months and then recorded over the summer. And it was amazing because my first one took so long that this one was just a whirlwind. Um, but yeah, I think this, this is really like, uh, I think it can be taken song by song. It can be taken as like a whole journey, the experience of, um, you know, going through, it's really not about like a terrible relationship. It's about the processing after something bad happened and, uh, and the healing process after that. Um, but I think it's, it applies to so many different things. And if you can't relate like to that specific experience, I don't think that that will take anything away from the music that you're going to hear. And, um, and yeah, there's, there's different genres and vibes in every song. So if you don't like the first track, skip to the next one and you're going to find something you're going to like. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And it, it's totally okay if there's not much of an answer to this question, because I'm sure you're okay. focused on Ingenue Corrupt and, you know, releasing it, what comes after, but yeah. down, down the road after Ingenue Corrupt, is there anything you have plans for or you have in the works that you know you're expecting to come or is it the case that you're more just focused on this release I mean a little bit of both I am in the midst of planning our physical album release uh I was hoping to kind of make it coincide with the digital but it didn't work out for a handful of reasons but that's okay because we're going to push it 
to slightly nicer weather. I don't know. I don't actually know where you're located, but up here it is snowing and cold and uh, rough. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> visiting home in New York right now, but I'm okay. it's, so it, it was really weird to like, you know, close my blinds and go to bed last night with like grass outside and green yep. and wake up and it's just white and snow. Yeah. And, and that Same. was like, okay, Same. just another day <laughs> yeah. here. And so I, yeah, I'm ready to head back to college where it's warmer. Where do you go to college? I'm out in California. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, we just last week had to cancel uh, a radio interview like an hour away just because you know, the weather is so unpredictable right now. Yeah. And so uh, it's going to be exciting to kind of plan something a little more extravagant for the warmer weather. So I'm definitely focused on planning an album release locally and we're lining up our gigs for the summer and uh, I'm, you know, schmoozing the band about maybe trying to get some recording done again this year uh not a whole album but maybe a single or two would be great um i think that would be a nice goal to kind of keep the rhythm going yeah. every year a little bit yeah so we'll yeah see. you don't have to like just cut it off or like stop after this album release you yeah release. Sure. you can uh you can keep up some pace so it, 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 it you're still working on something yeah and we have a bunch of stuff in the works so it's just a matter of kind of keeping ourselves on a schedule to stay and by ourselves i mean me keeping myself on a schedule to uh get recording done and stuff yeah great well yeah. the the last thing that i sort of have to start wrapping up is a segment i like to end with called know your stuff where i'm just gonna play short quick like snippets of your music and oh, no. the, fir the, the first part is just to like try to remember the song name the song and then you can get into like what went into it or the story behind it like anything we didn't really get to in okay. this interview i hope i know the songs okay i'm, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure you will <laughs> Bloodshed. Uh, that was a single that we released um, a year, almost a year and a half ago, um, with my co-writer Harry and I wrote that also. Um, and it's going to be on this album. That's one of the ones that we decided to kind of wrap into this album. Uh, that was the first track I released after my debut album, Risk of Love, and it was quite uh, a left turn from Risk of Love, which was a very singer songwritery like uh, Sarah Bareilles vibe. And then this was kind of like electro pop dark. Um, what did my band call it? They called it um, dramatic pop was the the. <laughs> they called it when they heard it um and it's like it's a it's a bop man people love it live I love singing I at first I was worried that it would be really hard to sing live but it's actually like kind of warm up every time that I do it it feels really great to sing those uh really crazy runs um yeah so yeah that's a that's a good one <laughs> awesome yeah and so the second one that I have here the ones who love me back well, that one's easy because the name's in it but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay love me back that's a good choice so that's off my first album um it's actually one of the first two songs i ever wrote um i wrote that and caught up which is also on that album in the same week um and the i went to like a songwriting workshop because i had always 
like my whole life I was like I should be writing music but I don't know how to do that you know and finally in my mid-20s I like put myself in the songwriting workshop and started writing an album it, it went on um, yeah and love me back is really like that song is still one of my favorite songs that I've ever written and I still honestly I cry almost every time that I perform that because I just it's just so wonderful uh and it's and just it means about to you. It, it's yeah. showing that you honestly have emotion tied to it yeah I I don't think there's very few songs that I've written that don't bring up a lot of emotion for me um but love me back specifically I think just is you know it's talking about the people who show up for you the people who sh who love you back the people who are gonna be there and like support you and who will save you from the the bad people you know who will like, yeah. keep you from making the choices or or bring you back from the darkness and um and i just find it so beautiful especially performing live like looking out at the people who've shown up for every show and be like oh, the ones who love me back like it's the people who are in front of me right now and it's moving every time so uh love that song yeah great great and then the last one that i have before we start wrapping up is i wanna be should i open up all right that's risk of love the title track of my first album uh i awkwardly on stage always call it the titular track because that is the correct word but it's awkward every yeah. time i say it um and yet i can't stop myself every time <laughs> um uh risk of love was written my family used to do a book club once a year and one year i recommended this book i read when i was like 12 that was basically interviews with uh, thought leaders from all around the world. So like, um, you know, people from different religions and from different uh, cultures and things like that. And uh, there was a quote in one of them that really resonated with me. A rabbi was talking about how loving, like letting yourself love is so brave because anytime that you choose to love, you're really risking heartbreak. Like you're not even risking it, you're just guaranteeing heartbreak, right? Because it sounds yeah. depressing, but it's really not because somebody's gonna get sick or you're gonna break up or, you know, somehow there's gonna be loss if you're allowing yourself to let love in, but it's still worth the risk, you know? And, and it just like stuck with me and it had to become a song. And so that's what that song is all about is that it's, it's really worth the risk of love because otherwise like what are we even doing you know you're just like cruising along not really feeling anything um so yeah. to let yourself yeah. do that great and that's you know it had to become a song which had to become the name of an album and then that album and Anjanu Corrupt are going to be available now on Spotify and I'm sure all other platforms you know all, yes. all the all the music places ariel thank you so much for coming on telling us a bit about your music you, thank you as so a much. person where can people find you or your music online or anything else you want to shout out or promote feel free to sure. do it now. uh anywhere you get your music streaming or downloading online you can find me ariel arbister and pretty much any social media site i'm at ariel arbister i'm most active on facebook and instagram um i'm trying to be more active on on tiktok uh if you follow me on tiktok it would make me more active because i need to get lives going man help me get lives 
That's my sad little plea. That's, uh, that's the goal. Yeah. You know, you gotta be able to get live on TikTok. Yeah, I feel like I would be really good on lives on TikTok, but I gotta be able to prove that, you know? Give me some love on there. That's that's what I'll say. Um, no, but really, I just I just hope to see people at some point, maybe at a show. And uh, if you check out my music, maybe you'll let me know your favorite stuff. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank well, you so thank much. Thank you so much for again for coming on. If you're listening to this, go check out Anshanu Corrupt by Ariel Arbisser. And yeah, thank you. I can't wait to see you. what you have coming later in the year. Thank you.